Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12. This is a very unusual message. I, I, heard, I heard from the Lord in my spirit, and, and he gave me simplicity and instruction for someone in this, in today, in this, this worship service. Um, there's so much in here, but it's so little at the same time. I've learned the deepest messages are so simple, but they're so profound. You're going to receive something today that's going to help you. There are people that are dealing with strongholds in their life and do not know how to deal with them. There are people that have hindrances and things that they're dealing with that need to be dealt with in order to remove the limits. Remove the limits. I'm going to read you something in Matthew chapter 12 in the New King James Version, verse 24, where Jesus cast out a demon. And when the Pharisees heard it, verse 24, they said, this fellow, isn't that funny how they called him fellow? Just very condescending, very religious. This fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Notice he said every kingdom. There are many kingdoms in this world. There are many kingdoms in this world. To be exact, we can talk about it later. There are about 12. But the kingdom of God is greater. And Jesus said every kingdom divided against itself will be brought to desolation. Every city, now recognize this, he's starting from the greatest. Every kingdom. Then he goes, every city. Then he goes down further. Or house divided against itself will not stand. And I want you to recognize that to elevate and to have complete domination or influence in in your life, it works that same way. Your house, your city, and so forth. But it all begins with the kingdom. And so he said, if Satan cast out Satan, verse 26, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. This is Jesus telling them, wake up, the kingdom has come. How can... One enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man. If you are a leader, a parent, a business owner, a person of influence, and you have been given responsibility over a group of people, You are a representative and you are a strong man or a weak one. To be very simple. And there are things that will penetrate and go past your authority without your permission. 
if you don't put up a resistance and if you don't put in a force to resist every negative, every demonic attack, everything that tries to hinder and prevent you from prospering. And so he says, or how can one enter a strong man's house and stuff and plunder his goods unless he first binds a strong man? And then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. So you must understand you have to be on the winning side. You have to understand you and I have to get, you have to be in the flow of God, in the will of God, doing God's will for your life. If not, we don't know sometimes that we can actually be against the will of God, against God, not even knowing it. That's what you call antichrist. Antichrist is anti-anointing. The anointing in our life has to flow and we have to go with it. Anything opposite of that works against it. So you're not working against yourself or anything else but against God. But here's what I want to show you. And he says, and he who does not gather, is, uh, does not gather with me scatters abroad. In other words, causes division, loses it all. You've lost your marbles, right? Here's what we're going to talk about. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how God wants to be the strong man in your life. And I'm going to talk to you about the strongest man alive. Because God is going to give you the ability to deal with everything in your life that has been hindered, everything that has brought frustration, everything that has limited your potential, everything that has come against your family, everything that has worked against you, everything can be dealt with in a simple way because you're going to understand that the strongest man alive is Jesus Christ, the strong man. Will you just ask the Lord to bless it one more time? Father, we thank you right now. We know that you have a purpose. You have a way. You have an assignment. You have a reason for this word. So God, we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. Give God a hand clap and tell him thank you ahead of time. Just tell him thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. You can be seated. I don't know why I keep thinking about my brother. Um, I wasn't going to talk about him, but he was the strongest man I knew. Like literally knew. Just I knew of a lot of strong people, but I, I, my brother was a really strong guy. I don't know if any of you ever knew who my brother was. My brother was a super, they called him a super heavyweight powerlifter. All natural. And he would go to competitions and he would do bench press competitions and he would do things and just do feats of strength that I, I had never, ever seen before in my life. One time, one time, him and a buddy of his were driving in the park in our, in, in, next to our business. My family used to own a place by the park called Riverside Convention Center. My father built that building. And, and my brother was driving, and he came past a, a, one of those old Oldsmobile vehicles with the round bumper, the, the steel bumper. How many of you remember those bumpers? They curled around the car. And they drove by that, that car in their truck and clipped the bumper. And the bumper went, 
and no one was around and they could have drove off. But their conscience got to them. My brother says, oh, man. They got out and they looked at it. What are we going to do? He grabbed that bumper. He says, I know what to do. Grabbed the bumper and just went. <laughs> formed it around. Then his partner looked back and said, hmm, still crooked. Grabbed it again. Moved it. And they kept playing with it, these two muscle-bound idiots. <laughs> and they did it with their own hands and straightened it out and drove away. It looked good enough for them. I, I, I seen him bench press over 600 pounds and win competitions. He had a room full of trophies and all these trophies that he had he had mountains of trophies he, he got a photographer one time and he asked him to take a picture with all his trophies and I got a picture of him with those trophies in my gym and, and home and, and with him there and he used to have a saying it, it went no pain no gain and I and I remember that saying and I remember him being there with all those trophies but but when he got saved and God healed him of his cancer that strong guy became a weak guy. And what he did, he repented. And I'll never forget the story. I'll never forget what happened. He took all of those big ceramic-type bronze trophies. They were big trophies, not the ones that were just, you know, tall and tiered together and everyone gets them when they finish something great, you know. This, this was one of those big-type trophies made out of stone you know, ceramic, whatever it was. It was stoned to me. He took every one of them in back of a truck and he went to the Guadalupe River and he threw them all in the river. And he said it was the most awesome thing he had ever seen. He said he'd see them go on the river, splashes of water come up, rainbows hit into him. That was like a sign from God, a rainbow's there. <laughs> he threw them all away and I saw him I saw him stop working out and stop doing his thing in the gym. And he got cancer again. But this time he didn't try to go and do it physically. He would go into prayer for hours and hours. And I saw him pray for more people that had cancer and watch God heal them. He was supposed to only live for two years at max. But God kept him around for 14 years. During that time frame, he won over 14 preachers, pastors to the gospel. I'm one of them. He prayed for people and they were sick. Many of them he healed. But he learned how to do something. He was strong in faith. He became frail at the end of his life. But if you asked him to pray for you, God would answer. So I learned that being strong is more than about lifting weights and presenting yourself, although I, although I do enjoy it. But my strength, actually, believe it should come from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. And, and that's where we get our strength from. And, and that's where we get our, our mindset and rely more on God than we do ourselves. And I understood from reading the scripture that there are some things out there in this world that are way stronger than you and I. There are some spirits that you and I could never face alone. 
I'll give you the facts. You and I couldn't even face the smallest devil without the Holy Ghost in our life. Without Jesus in our life, you and I aren't even a match for sin and temptation. But with Christ, we can do all things through him who strengthens us. And so I've learned how to, yet no matter what I do personally in my life, I, I realize no matter what, I, I got to be weak so he can be strong. I have to stay in prayer so I can be on the cutting edge of whatever is going to come my way. I can't do anything without him. I can't do anything without the presence of God in my life. I need him every single day. And I realize without a prayer life, without a commitment, without keeping things simple, I get distracted. There are different levels of dominating. We were never called to dominate people. We were called to love people. But when it comes to things... When it comes to devils, to problems, you can dominate them. Have no mercy on the devil. Did you hear what I just said? Have no mercy on the devil. There is no negotiating with him. There is absolutely no compromise. You have to deal with things concerning hell, temptation. In fact, Joseph was the best example Joseph didn't stay there to flirt with Potiphar's wife. He ran away from her, left his coat and his chanclas. I mean, he probably left everything there. No, hombre, forget it. I'm out of here. The trouble I heard about her, right? Forget it. You're no match for that. You and I can never face that kind of thing, but through Christ, he can keep you from it. And there are avenues in our life that will only and only be dealt with successfully through the power of God. If there are any avenues, if there are any limitations, I promise you, 99.% of the time, it's a stronghold or a strong man. Here are the levels of domination. When you want to see, some people jump from number one to number seven. The first place that God wants to dominate is your soul, you. This requires a full surrender. This requires a full surrender. You comprise of body, soul, and spirit. The soul comprised of mind, will, and emotions. We are tripart according to the scripture. And when you look at you in the mirror, you have to ask yourself, have I completely surrendered to God or do I still have reservations? Have I fully surrendered to God or do I have reservations? Only you can answer that question. Do I still have addictions in my life? Do I still have a thought process? Do I still have an old mindset, an old lifestyle, old relationships that are open doors for sin, for trouble, for drama, for hindrances as distractions in my life? Because it's many times 
The answer is so close that we can't see it. But when you get a God perspective through a relationship with him, he shows you what needs to be dealt with. He shows you where you need to repent. He shows you what needs to be changed. He shows you what you need to surrender to him. A relationship with God gives you good proximity and understanding of where you really are in him. But once that area of your life, your heart, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions have been surrendered to God in a genuine relationship with him, then you can influence covenant relationships. I began to write relationships on this, and then the Spirit of God just told me, no, covenant relationships. Changed it. Because there are relationships... But then there are covenant relationships. There are covenants that have been established. That is your family. Whatever that looks like for you, your family. These are the people you have committed to in the eyes of God. And these are the people that have been placed under your life or over your life in which the blessings of God flow and the protection of God. These are the people that you pray for on a regular basis. These are people such as your husband or wife, your children, even your mother, your father, people that are close to you. Now, I'm going to say this from a Latino perspective. You can choose your friend, but you can't choose your family. But that doesn't mean you have to be like them if they're not like you. And not being around them and not accepting their lifestyle does not make you not a Christian. So your values as a leader or as a family is determined by the word of God, not anybody else. And once you've made that decision, you're doing it because you're a worshiper and a follower of Jesus Christ, period. You have to make up your choices for your family. What is best for those that you're in covenant relationship with. Who, what is best for those that are under your covering? Once you do this, then now you can have influence for your community, people outside your covenant relationships. Influence. This gives you a sphere of influence. Because let me tell you this, the secret. Or let me give you a, kind of a hint of what really happens in people's minds. People say, I'm called to the nations, right? Have you ever heard that before? When I hear that from people, I always go back to look at their family. Because there are some people, and I'm not calling anybody out in this church, but over the, you know, over the years I have seen it, over 20 years of ministry I have seen where people say, I'm called to the nations, and yet their family is out of order. Their children aren't saved. Their community is being negatively infected by them. The relationships in their life are always a conflict. There's a strong man there that's not been dealt with. Strong men are dealt with when people fully surrender to a stronger man. I'm talking about the strongest man alive. Somebody say, that's Jesus. Say, greater is he that's in me. Say it out loud. Greater is he that's in me, in my family, in my home, than him that's in the world. 
as you begin to progress, God will give you dominion and influence over city, then state, then nation, then world in that order. He will never bypass a level like this because at every level there's a different devil. You need to understand that. You graduate over things in the spirit. You need to, I'll explain this more to you later. If you're a part of Riverside Church, don't miss services. Don't miss online services either if you have to, if you're traveling. Because within this scope of time, we're going to deal with all of this throughout the year. You'll understand that there are different levels of, denomin- of dominating. But the first demons that have to be dealt with and strongholds are in your personal life. Because if you don't change, nothing else is going to change around you. If you're a business owner or a boss or whatever, don't think you're going to influence and change something for God's purpose and will if you've not allowed him to completely change you. Your anointing is limited. Your dominion is only going to go so far. You got to overcome a demon called Netflix. Is that simple enough? I got Netflix. I want to be honest with you. I got Hulu. I've got Disney. Yeah, I got Disney too. I don't watch everything just there just in case, you know. I'm going to get the sound of music out of me again. Don't judge me. I'm just saying. But it's not in control of me. And it's not my God. And when God calls me to prayer, I'm there. Now, I'm not saying that you got to cut everything out of your life, but if it's a hindrance to you, you need to get rid of it. You need to get rid of it. Hmm. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, for this service, and thank you for your anointing. I love you so much, God. Let's move on. There are many indications of strongholds and strongmen over the areas of your life. And I'm going to be very detailed. Are you ready? I don't want to miss anything. It's dealing with limitations and frustrations in your life. If you have a business and you keep losing employees and you keep having employees that rebel against you or you have people that used to be your customers that keep leaving and keep going, there's probably a strongman there. Yes, I said it in your business. If you in some way have tied your business to the kingdom of God and you're dealing with drama in there, or there are still limitations, even if you're doing well, you could be doing better. There is no end to what God wants to do. And if it's wearing you out and you're constantly drained, there may be a spirit there messing with you. If if you're dealing with relationships and your house is out of order and hell is attacking your kids... And they're taking, they're rebelling against you. And they don't want to come to church. I mean, maybe you had a tough time. You know who you are. Maybe it was a grapple before you got to church and you got tapped out. But then you just like came anyways, right? I don't know what husband is here that wife made him come. But you're here and you need to praise God for it anyways. But I'm telling you that, that, that if the pastor can come to church, and right before church being an argument, you're susceptible to anything as well. You heard me right. Don't act like, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care what pastor's afraid to mention it, there's not one pastor that I know of who didn't have a disagreement with his wife at some time or another before church. 
I'm not saying all the time. These things happen. I think they happen. We're human, right? If you ever see me during worship, just worship and all of a sudden kiss my wife, it was an argument I'm making up for in that moment, and the Holy Ghost convicted me. I'm like, I don't want to miss out today. I feel the Holy Spirit, and I don't want to miss out on anything. I'm so sorry, Lord. I'm so sorry, honey. You better make things right. But that can be a spirit that is limiting your relationship. It's a strong man that needs to be dealt with. Covenant relation needs to be dealt with. Honor your covenant with God. God will honor your covenant with your family. If you're constantly trying to save, you don't have a savings account because every time you put money in there, that one relative calls with the saddest story you have ever heard in your life. They can make a movie about it, right? Like what kind of stuff happens like that all the time, right? That's impossible, right? 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 Mijo, I need money. I was on, you're never going to believe it. I was on my way to the store and, and this cat jumped out and, and, I, and I turned the curve and hit the, and I hit the water fountain. What's it called? The, the, the fire hydrants. And, and, and you know what happened then? I lost my money and I went inside. I couldn't pay for my groceries. And, and your brother left again. <laughs> and guess what? He takes care of the electric bills and I don't have nothing. <laughs> what are you going to do after that? You know what I would do? I would get in prayer, and I would begin to pray and say, Lord Jesus, save my family. Save every single one of them. Whatever spirit is hindering them, whatever curses are there, fill them with the Holy Ghost, God. Let them come to church with me. I mean, I would deal with it head on because they're not the problem. It's the spirit that's influencing them, taking them out of the will of God. I I'm being a little bit, you know, I'm just joking around a little bit, but, you know, some of you can identify with that. Believe it or not, that was an actual phone call I got from my mom, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you that these things happen. And every time you try to get ahead, finances ain't the only thing for people. It may be, some for some. It may be one thing for some. There are some people who have an anointing and a calling to produce finances and to make money. And that's your calling and that's your kingship, and that's your authority. But you may lack in relationship and authority to, for, for addictions that run in your family. A cold heart to God, a lack of worship and commitment, sin, everything else that's demonic. Never associate the blessings of God with being right with God. Associate your relationship with God and the relationship of others with God underneath you to indicate where they're at with God. You work hard, you get things. But this is what the Lord told me to give you, and I say that humbly. When I say God said, I don't mean it to say that I have all the answers. I mean it to say that this is what I feel for this church, for you here today, and it's this. Number one. Simplify your life. 
It's a very strange approach, but God spoke to me very clearly, and he said, tell them, simplify their lives. We're living in the most distracting age ever of knowledge, opportunity, and things. And while people are distracting you with needs, and while you know you can meet needs, God is helping you zone in and focus on the real need, like who is under your covering. Your family, your family should be your number one need that's met. Your covenant relationships. Did you know that church family is part of your covenant relationships too? We're brothers and sisters in Christ. But that doesn't mean you call up and take advantage of people. What it simply means is you're the ones that's supposed to be making a contribution through prayer, through help through support, through encouragement. That's why you should always feel stronger when you leave God's house. You should always feel encouraged. You should always feel strengthened. You should always feel hope. You should always feel built up. Distractions are the number one cause, I believe, of progress, spiritual progress. Spiritual growth requires focus and simplicity. For example, if you're good at multitasking, you can brag about it all you want to. I used to think it was a blessing until I found out it was really a curse. See, you can multitask and do 10 things at one time. But think about this for one moment. If you did 10 things at one time, then you're only given 10% of your influence and ability to one thing. Let me say it again. If you're doing 10 things at one time, then you are only giving one of those things 10% of yourself. That's why it's not able to grow fully to its full potential. But if you cut that down, the lower the number, the greater the percentage of yourself. And if you learn how to focus on the one thing, the one thing that will fix everything, that's the secret. Let me give you a scripture. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 6. Jesus tried to help us. I want to help you understand this concept. The greatest thing you can do and give to your family is your relationship with God. The greatest thing. I tell our pastors all the time. I tell our servant leaders all the time when possible. And I'm fixing to tell our elders and people that are in, in leadership here at this church. The greatest gift you can give to anyone is your walk with God. God can move through you. God can use you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either one, he will hate one or love the other. Or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is speaking of money. There's nothing wrong with making money, but money doesn't make you. It doesn't. God makes you who you are. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life or what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body. What you will put on are not life more, is not life more than food and body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap or gather into barns. Watch this. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. It's going to be there. You may have a successful business and still worry about it when you're not there. Can I tell you, it's still going to be there. Stop 
worrying so much about the outcome. The income will be there. Turn to somebody and tell them, stop worrying so much about things. Rest your mind. Rest your spirit. Your father cares about it. Jesus cares about this. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? What good is worrying going to do? Well, if I don't do it, no one will. That's not true. That is not true. God always has somebody to do what you're unable to do if he's in it. If God is in what you're concerned about, God will take care of what you're concerned about. You need to release it. Which of you can worry about one cubit of his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say that to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, he will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry about saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? After all these things, the Gentiles seek people that were outside the covenant. But now you're in the covenant, so how much more? But listen to what he says. For your heavenly Father knows what you have, that you need all these things. Let me stop right here. All these things he referred to were materialistic things and food and provision. But I'm going to go a step further, and I'm not trying to be extra biblical, but I will say according to the scripture, God will supply all his needs according to your riches and his riches and glory. That need may be deliverance. You may need deliverance from an addiction. You may have a circle and a circuit in your life that's hereditary. You may be dealing with something you need deliverance from. You may need something in your life that will help you find your purpose. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you if God takes care of the birds, if God takes care of the earth and clothes it the way he does, how much more will he take care of you? He'll take care of you. So listen to the secret. Here it is. But, verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In other words, if you put me first, I'm going to take care of everything. And this is not a matter of just things progressing. It's also a matter of God protecting because nothing in this world can progress unless it's also protected. God will protect you, and God will strengthen you, and God will help you to cause things to prosper in your life. But the only way you have to know how powerful he is, how much you can trust him, how much faith he has in you, how much he loves you, when you put him first, it's because you know him and you trust him. So here's the last thing I'm going to share with you. You must simplify your walk with God. You have to simplify your walk with God and keep it simple. There are so many reasons why some people still have strong men blocking areas of their life. I'll tell you one of the reasons, and not just distractions as we mentioned, but it's also options. Options. 
the solutions. Listening to people, there's nothing wrong with listening to books, audiobooks, reading books. Nothing wrong with that. I believe in being a reader. I think great leaders are great readers. I, I do believe it's important. But I also believe, as someone said before, which I thought was a great thought, and it hit me, when someone said, why read all these books about the Bible, and why don't we just read the Bible? <laughs> you ever think about that? I get it. Perspective, insight, direction. I get all of that. But, you know, I've had people tell me I want to go to school to learn Greek and Hebrew. And that's great. I think there's benefit to that as well. But over the years, most of the insight I've received personally for my personal life and for church and for business or whatever else may be, I have found that it's not been because of the Greek or the Hebrew. It's because I read it in the Holy Ghost. I read it through prayer, and God gave me insight. And through a personal relationship, he gave me simplicity and made things that seemed to be complicated very simple. So I've simplified everything else in my life. How can you do that? By prioritizing and knowing what your values are. Without your values, you'll never be able to simplify your life. That's why here at Riverside, our number one value is family. Anything else that doesn't line up with that, we don't do. Because everything pertains to the family. Simplify your life, your walk with God. God never intended this relationship to be complicated. He took care of all of the complications at Calvary. And I believe if the Bible was condensed to one word, I believe it would be this one word, love. If the Bible was condensed to one word, I believe it would be love. When you fall in love with Jesus, it's because he first fell in love with you. And when that, it's mutually reciprocated, it begins to grow. I, I was trying to help somebody the other day understand how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was telling them it's much like the rain and it's much like the clouds. The clouds are formed from the sea and they come and go over the land. And through, through pressure and temperature, those clouds come down as rain. They hit the river and they go back to the sea and it reciprocates itself. You have to put yourself in a position with your worship with God and your worship life. Everyone needs a prayer life, a praise life, and a worship life, a serving life, and a giving life. You need it all. But a worship life signifies everything that you are. And at the same time during your worship, if you can give to God, forming the clouds of giving him something back in return, it reciprocates in rain, and the rivers begin to flow back. That's how the Holy Ghost comes. Reciprocation of worship and praise. God gives to you what you give to him, and he channels it through your spirit, and your spirit's released through your words. And something magnificent happens. When you have opened up your heart completely, a river begins to flow. God didn't say a creek. Have you ever seen a, a river, a real river flow? Have you ever seen whitewash rampant? Have you ever seen a river that had strong power begin to flow? That, that's God's river. 
That's the river of God. Out of your belly shall flow not just one river, but rivers of living water. It's called full surrender. And I'm going to tell you, there is no strong man or demon that can withstand that kind of river. God will wash it out. God will drive them away. God will deal with them. There's no spirit greater than the spirit of God. And when through the love of God, when you simplify your walk with God, God will channel that through your life and he'll deal with every spirit in prayer. When you pray in the spirit, and this is the importance of the spirit baptism, when you begin to pray in the spirit and you don't understand what you're praying for and the spirit is moving through you, I'm going to tell you what he's doing. He's dealing with things that you don't even know are there. He's dealing with things that you don't even know have been hindering. He's dealing with things and then God begins to speak to you and God begins to reveal to you and then God begins to tell you if you want to go deeper if you want to go higher then you got to deal with this in your life and at that moment you've got a choice you can complicate it or you can simplify it and say yes sir you got it I surrender to you keep it simple he loves you follow after him it's not gray with God it really is black or white. I mean, it really is. Either you love them or you don't love them. Well, I don't know. I kind of love them. I love them on Sundays. I love Sundays. Right? I love work. I love the music. And I, I just love church. But, but I, I like my friends, too. And they call me on Friday night. And I get lonely. I have nothing to do. And, but, you know, God's forgiven me. Keep looking straight. I don't know what you're doing on Friday nights. <laughs> if you wonder why I use a Latino, Latino kind of accent all the time, I have nothing else. <laughs> I'll just tell you straight up. I don't know any other joke in the accent. That's all I got. But you know what I'm talking about. In those temptations, in those moments of loneliness, you've got options. But when you've got no option and you kept it simple, I promise you God's going to take care of the void in your life. He's going to become your everything. Listen to this, Mark chapter 12. I have to move on. I have to move on. I'm coming to a close. One of the teachers of the religious law, standing there listening to the debate because they were arguing with Jesus, he re realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only Lord. In other words, get rid of the options. Whatever other things you're worshiping in your life, get rid of. There's only one God. You understand what I'm trying to tell you? That still, is in, that still applies today. We don't even know the idols that we've got in our life that come before God. Worshiping things that we put more trust in more than God. We have to discern what those things are and only God can show us. So when you find out how great he is and how powerful he is and what he can do for you and your family and what he's already done through the cross, then you start falling in love with him and you start approaching him from a heart of gratitude. And through that reciprocation of worship and gratitude, you're going to find that a love is going to develop in your life. And when that love grabs a hold of you, watch out. Watch out. I'm telling you, love will change you. 
Love will change you. None of you know that. Some of you know that old song, Love Lifted Me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Love found me. Love saved me. Love picked me up. I don't deserve to be here, but love found me. I don't know how I got here, but love found me. I don't know how. I don't know how my children are with me in ministry, but love found us. I don't know how you're in church with me, but love found you. Love will find you. Love will take you places. Love will do more for you than you can do for yourself. Love is a secret for dealing with every strong man in your life. Keep it simple. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know of one spirit that can break past God's guard. Ooh, man, that just came to me. I don't even know what I said right there. I don't know of one devil that can break past God's guard. And you must, here it is, verse 30. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And no commandment is greater than these. Why? No commandment is greater than these. Why? Ask yourself why. Why? Why is that? Because the love of God the love of God is the most powerful force in this world. See, if you'll just love God, God will hate your enemies. He doesn't want you to hate your enemies. He doesn't even want you to become bitter. God said, forgive them. Forgive them. Love your enemies. He said, why? Because God can work through that. Because he doesn't want you to be affected. He doesn't want you to be offended. He doesn't want you to be hurt. He wants you to stay in his shadow and his protection in his arms. He'll fight the battle for you. The battle belongs to the Lord. He'll deal with the strong man for you. You just worship him. You just go into prayer. You just release the word of God. You just begin to be obedient. And the river of living water will begin to flow through your life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, Haley. A cold heart opens door for sin, temptation, and any ungodly lifestyle. These are invitations for any demonic spirit to influence you and your family. A busy schedule will take you away from God, and it will produce a prayerless life, which will also do the same. I wrote this down in prayer. I wrote this down in prayer. Every strong man is defeated by Jesus Christ himself. Greater is he that's in you than him that's in the world. Somebody say, Jesus is greater. Say, Jesus is greater in my life. Here's what I want you to remember in concluding this Sunday morning. A deep love for God simplifies your life and leaves no room for temptation or the devil. Don't judge your walk with God based on your success. That is not the meter or the gauge. It's your love for God and your worship 
and what comes first. God will test you to test your heart. Don't be motivated by fear. Someone needs deliverance from fear because you're fearful of losing control and you're limiting God. Trust him. God's not going to hurt you. Yeah, men will hurt you. People will hurt you, but God won't hurt you. I'm telling you here this Sunday morning that the message today is that there are things, there are things that are going to limit your life unless you fall deeply in love with God. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.